0: Hello everybody, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. We're coming from the beautiful mountains of Western North Carolina this week.
1: We're at Ridgecrest Conference Center where we are at um, a homeschool leaders retreat sponsored by HSLDA. Mm -hmm. And we're having a good time meeting our old friends. Hal and I served in homeschool leadership in North Carolina for years and years.
0: Uh, yes, quite a few years, um, many and starting many years ago. And so yes. we have known some of these people for, I'll go ahead and say it. I think we've known some of these people for 20 years and longer.
1: 22 years. And it's,
0: so it's, it's a bit of a family reunion. We as well. Actually,
1: I realized how we saw one of the families that we knew back when we lived in Louisiana when we had little kids and we have actually known them, I think like 30 years, maybe 31 years. Wow.
0: That's Where remarkable. Are we that old? Uh, you're only as old as you feel. Okay, right. That's what they say. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, anyway, we're having a good time here, good fellowship and good renewal time, good connections too, because a lot of these people are the folks that we speak for during the conference season. So that's always good as well.
1: But today, uh, you know, we we're talking about relationships and relationships we have with these other homeschool families that we've known forever. Mm. But there's a relationship that's more important. We need to have strong relationships with our kids because hear me on this. When your kids leave home, relationship is all you'll have.
0: Now, now think about that for just a minute because that, that really let that sink in because once they leave our homes, there's really nothing to call them back except their love for us or yes. their sense of duty to the family or something, right. something in their family relationship that calls them back to home, whether it's a sense of, responsibility or joy and anticipation, whatever it is. And if there's not a good relationship, if,
1: the, if you don't have a good relationship with, you, with them, mm-hmm. then they can walk out the door and never come back.
0: And we've known some who did.
1: We really have. And so this is really important. You know, I think probably the two most important parts of parenting mm-hmm. are discipleship and relationship. And if you miss either one of those, you're in for a lot of heartbreak.
0: And in fact, um, you know, experience tells us that without the relationship, the discipleship's not going to go very far. It doesn't. Even though the discipleship has that eternal impetus to it, yet it was really only effective within the context of relationship.
1: That's right. And so today we want to talk about developing relationship with your kids. How what can you do to build the kind of relationship that when they leave home, they call home. When they leave home, they come back. Hmm that they are desiring to spend time with you and with the family because that's, you know, that's what we want. At the same time, building a relationship within the God, you know, do you remember how a few years ago we saw a presentation of some research where they had looked, they talked to like Mm 10,000, almost 10,000 kids who were raised in Christian homes who were now adults. Right. And they were, they, they were looking at what factors predicted that a child raised in a Christian home would um, stay in the faith as an adult.
0: And, and that's not to say that, that it caused it, but God causes there was a correlation where you found one, you generally found the other to be yes. true as well. And that was an interesting thing. They found that of those who were raised in the faith and yet stayed in the faith once they, uh, once they made their own decisions about it, those young people, those young adults were found that they had a strong relationship with a Christian parent.
1: That was the biggest predictor
0: father or mother. It It wasn't one yeah. or the other in particular, but, but that,
1: that was the biggest predictor. They have a good relationship with a Christian mom or a Christian dad, or even another predictor or a Christian grandparent. Mm-hmm. And so that really kind of set me on fire for thinking about relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean to have a good relationship with your child How do you build it? What does that look like at different ages? And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about building a good relationship with your children when they're little, all the way to when they're grown up. Mm -hmm. And how can you do that for your sake so that you'll have your kids, in your lives, the rest of your lives, but also for the sake of the gospel because God is so often pleased to use relationship and bringing people to, to himself.
0: Well, you know, the fundamental thing in a healthy relationship is trust. Yeah. And and that's something that you teach from the time that baby first draws breath.
1: Well, that that's the very first foundation is Mm -hmm. you can trust me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to see that you get what you need. I'm going to be there when you cry, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to meet your needs. And, that starts even in babyhood. That's something you can do even if your kids are less than a year old is you can work on meeting their needs and being trustworthy. And that's something that if you mm-hmm. adopt a child, that's one of the first battles is showing them that you can be trusted because kids who have been through trauma have a really hard time trusting.
0: And it's interesting that in the scripture that God often uses the uh, uses the example or, or the, the image, if you will, The illustration of the trust of a nursing child. Yes. You know, the trust, the comfort that a nursing child has in the arms of his mother.
1: He even uses that to describe his relationship with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that utter trust that all my nourishment comes from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. And I love the fact that taking care of my babies was the beginning of relationship. The relationship I have now with my now grown children.
0: Right. And, and, you know, similarly, I mean, that's, that's, it's easy to say, well, of course, mom is the nourishing mother, the alma mater, by the way, did you know, that's the Latin term nourishing mother, but you are the, you're the nourish, the source of all the nourishment and so much of that comfort. It's easy for fathers to feel like, well, you know, when they're, when they're weaned and they're potty trained, then I can start have a role in their life. But I have a, I have a role in our baby's life too.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think about the times that I was so tired, and we had a fussing child, and I remember you, Hal, standing up in the hall, at the top of the stairs, and you were you were singing to one of our babies, having mm-hmm. tucked up under your your chin, are singing your deep deep voice, mm-hmm. and calmed that baby right down. And I thought that grew trust between you and the baby, and between you and me too. And, you know, it, it it bred affection and love in my heart. That you are taking care of both the baby and they.
0: You know, and I think that's the fundamental relationship that you're establishing in those early years is that it's one of the reasons that we didn't we didn't believe in that cry it out theory of parenting right. with little ones. You say, you know what, right now we believe they need protection, nourishment, comfort.
1: Well, you know, the Lord says, Come unto me, mm-hmm. you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He doesn't mm-hmm. say suck it up.
0: Right. You know?
1: He right. doesn't say, learn to self-soothe. He says, yeah. come to me. And so, you know, you begin even then. But then as you move into toddlerhood in the preschool years, and discipline has to enter the picture, how you discipline makes a difference to your relationship. You know, are you disciplining out of your frustration and anger and losing your temper? Or are you being judicial? Are you poor, always all of your discipline should point your kids to the gospel. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're sinners. This is the law and you broke it and we're, we're sinners and we're in need of a savior. And, and God will correct us to show us that we're sinners. And so we correct you to show you that there's right and there's wrong and that, that you're a sinner.
0: You realize in the book of Hebrews, it says that, that a child who does not receive correction it has been basically disowned by his father. Yes. You know, it talks about as we receive correction from our heavenly father, you know, it points out that if you didn't receive correction, then your father had basically abandoned you.
1: Well, think about it. If we're out in public and we're in a museum and we see a child acting up, we don't grab that child and say, you know, you're in trouble. You were doing wrong. And here's your punishment. Cause that's not my child. Right. But when it's my child, mm-hmm. I have a responsibility and a duty and I do it out of love because I want my child to turn out to be a good person. I want them to be, have good character. Right. And ultimately I want them to know that there's right and that there's wrong and that they are born in sin and they can't help but choose wrong, but that God has made a way for them to be saved, that God's grace provides an answer.
0: Mm-hmm. And so in those early, those early years, even the preschool years I would say, Yes. you know, you move from, Purely providing that assurance that you know your parents are going to be here, your parents will take care of you. You're now moving into that instructive phase yes. to say, You know, I'm going to put the boundaries around you, I'm going to show you my love by training you, by yes. teaching you, by discipling you, and disciplining you. Even though at that point, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of propositional truth that you're trying to get across. No, other than the truth there's is really limits, simple, there's boundaries, you know, you know a,
1: there's a god. Mm-hmm. there's a savior there's real it's really simple but in that we teach them really important truths and I think that we've got to remember that God calls himself a father Mm -hmm. and so our parenting should remind our kids of the nature of God you know that Mm -hmm. that we should be just and merciful that we should be loving and kind like our heavenly father right. and that's why you just can't let go and you can't lose your filters and lose your temper. And sometimes you'll do it, but you need to repent when you do. You know? right.
0: right. Okay. Yeah. So, so that gets us up. That gets us through the, the toddler preschooler stage. But, you but, you know,
1: but there's yeah. other parts that during that stage you need to be, you need to be spending time holding them and reading aloud. You need to be listening to their little silliness Sometimes it seems pointless. You think, oh, he's just pretending, but but you're you're tying heartstrings, you're 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 saying, I love you as a person when you listen to their to their stories. You know?
0: Now and and that is a really important thing because I think sometimes some parents get really wrapped up into the child training aspect of teaching certain behaviors. Yeah. And if they're not careful. Then their relationship with their child becomes a matter of um, do this or else.
1: I'm the enforcer, the drill yeah. sergeant.
0: Yeah, and and, and they don't and they don't get the the love expressed in a way that they can feel. You know, hey. it's easy. You can look back. You know what? Your your eight year old is never going to say thank you for teaching me spelling, but you know, <laughs> all of our kids when they've gone off to college, they call back in the first months on, on campus saying thank you so much for the education you gave yes. me. You know, because they can appreciate it then as an adult, which they can't when they're young. And your little one is not going to thank you for that correction, even though that is coming from love. What they will, though, what they will feel is when they feel your arms about them, when they feel that comfort expressed again, your appreciation and affection expressed toward them in a way that that is just warm and fuzzy and not at all sharp edged.
1: Let me give you a truism you will never spoil a child with too much love. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You spoil children with too little discipline and too much right. love has never spoiled a child. Bring your baby to bed with you has never spoiled a child. You know, going mm-hmm. to them when they're crying has never spoiled a child. What spoils a child is failing to, to teach them right from wrong, mm-hmm. failing to hold them accountable for their sin.
0: You know, I, I'm, I'm just thinking too, um, there's a passage that comes to mind really just off the top right here in Genesis, where, um, where Jacob is returning home after his long sojourn. Now he's married, he's married and married, married, married. And he has lots of kids and he's coming home and his brother Esau says, well, here, let's travel together. And Jacob says, no, you're going to move too fast and the young ones cannot keep up. You know, he, he says, he says it'll it'll harm the flocks and the pregnant the pregnant sheep won't be able to stand it and the children are not able to keep up so he he sees children need some consideration children need some allowances we have to give them the 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 right to be children weak you know uncertain needing guidance needing lots of consideration now
1: please understand we're not saying you have to you have to manage your home a certain way
0: no no you know, no. It,
1: It's a matter of Christian liberty where your children sleep or how or whatever. But what but your parenting needs to be marked with kindness, with kindness and with love and with a real interest in your in your little people as people. okay? yeah. And and, an interest in them, because when you when you do that, even up through the elementary years, when you're listening to them, when they're talking, when you're gathering around and reading them stories when you're giving them the discipline they need without anger and hostility. But instead, you know what, when it's over loving them and and welcoming them back into the family fellowship with utter forgiveness, like God forgives us. Wow. You know, then, then our parenting reflects the gospel and that's the goal. Now it gets a little harder as they enter the middle school and high school years. So we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes.
0: And hopefully the yard crew will have moved on by then.
1: I'm sorry. about Sorry that, about yeah. the
0: background noise. Oh well. So we'll be back in just a minute after this work from our sponsor. Okay. It's time we talk about a topic that we all seem to think a lot about and that's money. But let's specifically talk about kids and money. Now you know if you've ever raised children they learn best by doing. So how can you give them hands-on experience that will teach them to be practical and responsible stewards? One way you can do that is sign them up for a Start Young account from the Evangelical Christian Credit Union. These accounts let you, the parent, bank alongside your kid or monitor from a distance. And as they get older, you can give them more responsibility as they earn your trust. With these accounts, kids get access to online banking and the ECCU app, And they get a debit card, which they can use online or in person. And that gives them practice understanding that all spending is real money long before they get their first credit card offer at the age of 18. And you, the parent, can be right there alongside to keep an eye on things. You can set and change spending limits. You can set alerts so you'll know if a problem is starting to develop. You know, it's important to teach your kids to use their gifts wisely. And as parents, you want to be sure that you're passing along your values about money. The ECCU Start Young account is a great way to do that. For more information, or to start your account, visit eccu.org real. That's eccu.org R-E-A-L. Well, hello again. This is Hal.
1: And this is Melanie.
0: And we are continuing our discussion about the importance of relationship as the foundation of our parenting journey.
1: You know, relationship is important, as we mentioned earlier, because if when your children leave home, that's all you've got. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have a relationship with your kids by the time they leave home, they can walk away and never come back. It's and, a relationship that draws them back, that brings them home for the holidays, that makes them pick up the phone to call you.
0: And, you know, that transition into their independent lives when they have that choice uh, is something that comes into view when they reach the teenage years, you know, when you, you you look ahead, it's hard to say when they're three or four years old, it's hard to think about when they graduate from high school, but you know what, when they're 12, 13, you better start thinking about what happens when they graduate.
1: Well, you got to. And the other reason that relationship is so important is that research has shown us that the biggest predictor for whether a child raised in in a Christian home Mm -hmm. will stay in the faith when they're adults is do they have a good relationship with their Christian mom or their Christian dad, one or the other it doesn't have to be one, but either one is enough to to draw them to the faith. Because God is so often pleased to use relationship to bring us to Himself, to our, to Himself. So let's talk about relation. Or in the earlier part, we talked about relationship with babies, infant, preschoolers, early elementary. Now mm-hmm. let's talk about the middle school and high school years.
0: And I tell you what, this is so critical because. Over and over again, studies have found, surveys have found that people who walk away from the faith, people who have broken relationships in their family, so often it happened in the preteen years, in the middle school ages, yes. not necessarily when they were rebellious 17 year olds, but over and over, you know, you hear stories of people that say, well, this is where things went astray for us when I was in middle school, because there are major changes going on in your child's emotional stability.
1: And their intellectual ability.
0: And and there's a lot of things that, a lot of things are in transition here that um, if we don't handle that relationship carefully through those transitional times, then what comes out at the other end, and I'm talking about when they are teenagers and yeah. out of this transition, that may be a flimsy relationship, one that's that's not on on firm footing. And so we need to take that into account that when, you, when your child hits the earliest stages of adolescence, long before you see all those physical external things, um, when the emotions go crazy, you've got to be stable. You have to be yes. full of patience and full of grace and understanding.
1: Because if you're out there being bounced about by the mm-hmm. storm like they are, mm-hmm. you, know, you I don't know if you know anything about ships. But if you're in a ship in a storm, your goal is to get away from other ships. Because if you're too close to another ship, that they bang against each other, right. Okay, and they tear each other to pieces. And so when, when your child's in the middle of a hormonal storm, then you need to be the lighthouse. You don't need to be out there bouncing around in the storm with them, as mm-hmm. tempting as it is, because they can be really annoying during that stage. As tempting as it is to climb on that emotional roller coaster with them, to get out in the stormy sea with them, you can't do it. You okay. know,
0: you know my experience, our experience with our kids. That you know, we we've had seven now that have gone through this, and with the eighth is just embarking. Um, you know, our experience has been that during those those years of transition from childhood into the teenage frame, they really need us to be stable, to be calm, yes. and, and to frankly, to take their, their outbursts with a, uh, with a certain resilience, you know, not, not yeah. to allow them to sin, no, you, not you, to allow them to, to be disrespectful. You're not
1: going to let them get away with disrespect, no. but, but if you freak out as soon as they start freaking out, you know, if it's like, you know, I'll mm-hmm. say, Hey, son, yeah. you forgot to take yeah. out the trash. Why did, why didn't you take out the trash? You take out the trash.
0: Oh, well, I'll, I'll get around to it. It's not really full anyway. No, no,
1: no. What well, if I can
0: press it down?
1: No, I need I you to take it like, out right now, son. Well,
0: I don't know why, why. Why right now? I mean, the, the trash truck's not going to be here tomorrow anyway. It's, I, so said, I, just, I uh, said to
1: do it right now.
0: I'm, I've got. Well, there's. There's something else that I was trying to get finished here before I do. Before I do this, and, I, and I, I'm. it's not really my. It's not my trash. I don't shouldn't have to take out this. I mean, why do you always ask me to take out the trash? I don't think that's fair at all. Why don't my sister take out the trash? Why don't? Why don't, why don't you take out the trash? I don't think I only have to do it all the time. It's not, it's not fair. Okay, look, to
1: you're f- not gonna talk to me that way, you're grounded. I don't care. I do well, if I'm well, grounded. you're grounded if like, you're grounded, you're not gonna be able to go to the youth event this weekend.
0: I don't want to go there. I don't have any friends. I don't I don't like that I don't like that stuff anyway, it's dumb.
1: Well then then, then you're not okay, well well you're not gonna be able to, to, to go to go to your friend's house next week.
0: What friends? I don't have any friends. Well then care. you're
1: grounded for two weeks. I don't care you might as well make it a month.
0: Make it the rest of my life. My life's terrible. You're granted I, for three I, months. I, that's fine. That's fine. Just make it make it forever. I can't stand
1: it. And anymore. pretty soon you've granted them for ten years. And, and it's, that it's, it's work, unproductive.
0: Okay? Yeah, it's but ineffective. But honest to goodness, if they are like that, they are not,
1: irrational. And if you get irrational back, it's not going to help. Okay.
0: Well, a critical thing we try to bring this out in a lot of our workshops that we do at conventions is that the word disciple and discipleship comes from the same root word that means to teach and to discipline. And you know what? If they're not teachable, your discipline is going to be ineffective. And when they're in an emotional storm, you know, they have these bursts. When they're in one of these little turmoils, they're not really hearing you. They're not teachable. They're not going to receive (laughs) instruction or correction. And you, you almost have to let the let the storm blow past in order to get some, some sentience back into that little head.
1: <laughs> well, you know, one way to talk about, to think about it is, you know, the enemy's attacking them. The enemy's saying, nobody mm-hmm. loves you, nobody understands. If you immediately go to discipline when they start melting down.
0: As if they were six years old or something. Yeah,
1: they're going to be convinced of it, okay? Right. But instead, if you invest in the relationship first, Before you discipline, say, Hey, son, come here, sit down, let's talk. Mm -hmm. You know, what's going on here? You seem really angry about this trash can thing. And you talk and you encourage them to talk to you. What you're saying is the opposite of what the enemy's saying. You're Mm -hmm. saying, I love you and I want to understand. And when you do that, then, yeah, you listen to them, and sometimes they're crazy. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense.
0: No, but when you listen, what you're telling them is, I care. Yes. I care about you as a person. Yes. And and that is this is a radical thought. And I thought about this. One of our sons is, is studying animal science, and he was talking with the farm manager, and the farm manager said, you know, I let the students name the cattle. They can give names to all the cows that they want. But the chickens, I tell them they're just the flock. Don't name the chickens. Don't even think of them as individuals. We parents sometimes do that with our children. Uh We tend to think of our children as the herd, the flock, you know, the the kids. And we don't really appreciate every single one of them is an individual uniquely fashioned by God. And they're just as much a person as mom is a person and dad is a person. And, and And your coworkers are people.
1: And we believe that, but sometimes our actions don't show it. Well we believe it, and but so, what does that mean to you? So us? listen now, don't be afraid. If you discipline this way, you're not gonna let them get away with it. No. But you're gonna let them talk, and then as they come down off the cliff, you know, as you talk them talk them down out of the tree, then
0: mm-hmm. then
1: you're gonna be able to, then you take them to the word of God, then you rebuke them, then mm-hmm. you 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 issue discipline. And so discipline's gotta change, but there's other things that have to change during the tween and the, and the preteen years too, Mm -hmm. to maintain relationship. You need to do a whole lot more listening, not just in discipline, but just in general.
0: Well, you know, the the big relationship change that comes through those years, I think is that when your child is an elementary schooler, you know, when they are, when they're up to say eight or 10 years old or so, they need direction. They, that's what they need. They need a commander, a director, they need a dictator, who's going to rule over them and take care of them, but make sure that they toe the line. But when they leave our homes at 18 or whenever, you know, we expect them to be independent adults able to discern, to make good choices, to know when to ask for advice and who's, whose advice to seek out. And that doesn't happen on 18th birthday no. to get to that, to get to the point where they see us as their advisors and not as their directors. Um, we've got to start making a transition and it's all through those teenage years. And that is a relationship shift when we start to say, you know what, I'm going to start to give you more responsibility and more freedom and more opportunity to make decisions and to live with the consequences of your decisions. And I'm here to give you all the advice.
1: You know, a lot of people, I think that's super important that, um, that we're recognizing the growing adulthood, that we're mm-hmm. respecting it, that we're preparing them for it. Yeah, because I think that causes some kids to pull away. I think also though we need to be careful to uh, people say all the time, oh my seventeen year old son doesn't talk to me at all.
0: We hear that this, and, and but, you know, say so I ask him a question, he just grunts.
1: But you know, you know. Then I ask him, well, what does he talk about? What's he interested in? And lots of times it's like all he wants to talk about is whatever the latest video game or what he's his hobby. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say, you know, it's not that your son won't talk. He doesn't want to talk about what you want to talk about. Okay. Well,
0: you gotta let that sink in just a minute. Okay. Because that's serious, you know, because we want to talk to our kids about particular things that we know are
1: important. And, but this is the next part of that. If you want your children to listen to you, you have to listen to them. Teens and tweens, mm-hmm. listen, if you want your child to listen to you, you've got to listen to them because when you are tuning out everything they say, oh, you're just going on about Minecraft again. Roll your eyes. You know, when you're tuning out everything they're saying, why are we surprised when they're tuning out what we're saying?
0: And a lot of times I think we don't even realize we're doing it. It's habitual. No, we're busy. But, but well, you know I,
1: I noticed this with myself. Mm-hmm. I realized that my children would go by and they would throw out conversation starters uh-huh. now based on what they were interested in. Yeah. And I go, mm-hmm, because I was busy and they keep walking.
0: And guess what, what that reinforces <laughs> to them is mom and dad are too busy or too distracted or too uninterested to, to even talk to me when I want to talk to them. Yeah. You know what? Oh. Guess what? They could be saying the same things to their friends that we say to ours. We say, I don't get it. My teenager just won't talk to me. Our teenagers may be telling each other. <laughs> I don't get it. Mom and dad don't talk. Ow. They talk at yeah. me, but they don't talk to me.
1: And so, it,
0: so as our
1: kids, they're moving into the tweens, teen, preteens, and mm-hmm. then the teens, they are developing a sense of self that, uh, that realizing they're independent people. They have their own opinions, their own ideas, their own interest. And we would do well to recognize that because when we do, this is the cool part, because mm-hmm. we've tried it with our kids and it works. Mm-hmm. When we show interest in them, when we take those conversations start as they fling out and say, hey, tell me more. Or what do you what what are you talking about? They were they begin to realize that we really love them as people, as individuals, not just as one of our projects or a member of the flock. Yeah, but they they realize that we were interested in what they're interested in. I remember years ago, one of my sons had a passion for something I have zero interest and in, less talent in. And so he we were riding somewhere together, and y'all, he talked about it for five hours. And I thought I would lose my mind. I was trying to stay awake. We were driving and it was, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. But years later he said, Hey mom, you remember that time we were driving and I was talking about, and I said, yeah, I do remember that. I remember it's painful." He said, I felt so loved that night because you were interested in what I was interested in because you love me.
0: That's important. That's really it. And, you know, that is that is a critical part of the relationship that they leave home with. Yeah. That we need to be there to say, hey, I care enough about you to take my eyes off my phone, to look up from my laptop, to to put a put a finger in the place in my book and make eye contact with my child and say, really, tell me about it.
1: And when we've done that, we found that pretty soon they were listening to us, you know. Yeah. So, at, just so if you're build, trying to build a relationship with your tweens and teens, you got to change the way you discipline. You can't discipline a fourteen year old like you do with a six year old. Right. You've got to do a. You've got to recognize their growing adulthood, and start moving them toward adulthood and independence
0: and giving them more chances to make yes. decisions and to live
1: with consequences and you need to and if you want your kids to listen to you listen to them and we have found that those that those ways of building relationships with teens and tweens that they have huge blessings our adult kids are our best friends mm-hmm. you know they are the biggest peer supporters of this ministry they are the ones we go to when we have needs or help or need help or advice they come to us for advice In fact, we're late producing this podcast today because we just spent an hour on the phone with two different adult kids who needed somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. And folks, that's what you want. That is what you want when when your kids leave home. So work on relationship because it's important. Relationship and discipleship, the big jobs of parents.
0: Okay. Well, look, we appreciate you joining us here and hope that this is useful and encouraging, maybe challenging to you. But you know what? That's not the only relationship that we gotta be concerned about. The relationship between the husband and wife predates that one of, of the parent and child. And, and a
1: strong a strong marriage relationship gives your kids security mm-hmm. and it blesses them and it's an example of them.
0: So we wanna invite you to join us for a marriage retreat. It's not your average marriage retreat, which is like a death march of workshop after workshop. But, but we give you be,
1: lots of free time to talk about the things we're teaching you.
0: This is both a teaching retreat and a couple's getaway. We're going to be in the mountains of Western North Carolina, November 8th through 10th. This yes. is 2019. If you're listening to the recording, sometimes if
1: you're listening to it later, then go out to our website, mm-hmm. scroll, hit the shop, scroll down to live events, look for come away weekend.
0: And that website is raising, raising real, real
1: men.com.
0: Right. We hope you'll join us there. Okay. okay. And we hope you'll join us again for every episode as we look again at biblical principles to make the, the, uh, the biblical family life a practical reality, okay? We thank you and until next time, I'm Hal. And
1: I'm Melanie.
0: Thanks for joining us. Bye, thank y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com That's H-A-L-A-N-D M-E-L-A-N-I-E dot com Or follow us on social media You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Alan Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.